0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Tishy from Silverthorne, and you're listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 242 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, as always, and this week we've got a great guest. That we do. Brian Tishy is here from Silverthorne and from about 27 other bands you know and love, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But yes, Brian Tishy is a badass drummer. We've got a great interview with him coming up. But before we do that, we need to let you know that we are sponsored every week by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a huge selection, so if you get in there, check them out. They've always got discounts going on. One of the discounts that is Always going on, as if you tell them that you heard about them on Thunder Underground on or mention our name, they'll give you 10% off your order, which is very cool. They also always have discounts on random things, so if you follow them on their social media or their website, you should be able to find that out. The website is medfarmok.com, Instagram is at Medfarmok, and Facebook, which is Medfarm, that's P H A R M. They've also got a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they are about to celebrate their one-year anniversary here this coming week.
2: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, definitely congrats, and thank you for being a sponsor for the majority of that time as well. Indubitably. Yes, and we also need to mention that their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause, and that cause is No-Kill Animal Shelters. 30% of their proceeds are going to build No-Kill Animal Shelters, which, what do you say about that? I'm in. You're in? Yeah. I think we all are of course. Yeah, that's a great deal. They've got a land and a building purchased for the first one, and they are working on getting that set up. Great cause, family-owned, locally-owned. So get in there and support these guys, Med Farm, Tell them Thunder Underground sent you. DEB Concerts is a promoter based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. They keep bringing in some amazing acts to the Tulsa area. They've actually brought in an arena show last year with Snoop Dogg and Nelly to the BOK Center. There should be more of that coming as well. And they continually bring in acts to the ideal ballroom in downtown Tulsa like Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach, Dokken, Saxon, Last in Line, Warrant, Lita Ford, Bisto Blanco, Steelheart, Striper, Firehouse, Crate White, Winger. Huge long list, keeps growing,
2: and they have more announcements coming soon on that. I can't wait to see uh, what they're going to have in 2020.
1: Yes, maybe they'll finally have Taiketto.
2: That would be amazing. Yeah. that would be badass. Get like, bring like Lita Ford back with Taiketto, you know? Or yeah. I don't know, you know, that they would be great for like one of those double bills, you know, yeah. that they that they've done. I'm telling you, it needs to happen. That's right. Dangerous toys. I was just about to say, <laughs> Dangerous Toys. I'm telling you, it like Trickster, Dangerous Toys, and Taiketto. There you go. It, 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 right? Yeah. It have, like, Grind open up.
1: There. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. You just booked
2: it. Uh, I called I, Doug and I, tell I, him you are going to handle this. I, I don't know about that. I don't know the first thing about handling all that. <laughs> just, you I'll know. find
1: your phone numbers and we'll get it done. Oh, okay.
2: Okay. You <laughs> do that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Right. But also... D.E.B. Concerts Books, the D&B Processing Stage at Rocklahoma. Of course. They've been sponsoring that for a few years, and this is the second year that they will be booking everything, and the announcements on that should be coming soon. The lineup for Rocklahoma is supposed to be announced in January, so I'm sure we'll hear about it. Obviously, we'll hear about it then, maybe a little sooner, but we'll let you know as soon as we find out. Last year, that stage featured Slaughter, Ace Freely. Lita Ford, Bisto Blanco, and a ton of local and regional acts as well. So, that is definitely something to look forward to if you go out to Rock, Oklahoma. So, we'll bring you all that as soon as we can. And as well, thank you to DB Concerts. All right. So, before we talk about some other stuff, should we just play some music? Let's do it. All right. We're going to play a band out of Sweden. You might have figured they were from Sweden by
2: their name. Corrosive Sweden.
1: That's right. That is the name of the band, and the name of the song is Fire From a Gun. fire from a gun a track there from corrosive sweden a band out of sweden and we've said that multiple times over the past four and a half years on this podcast that we love music from sweden
2: and this is no different this kicks ass
1: that's right yeah from start to finish you know it's got a few different things going on and i love this this style of music and the thing i love about sweden is it's like you know so many people, when you hear the word Sweden, when it comes to rock music, you go straight to the heavy
2: stuff. Yeah. And there's so much stuff like this. Yeah, definitely. Bands like... And see, this, this song was so good that um, before we came back here, I had to pause, and my balls were kicked up into my throat. So I had to, like, hack them all out again. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, so, needless to say, great song. Yeah. Maybe it corroded your balls. It Probably. There was not much left to deal with in the first place. <laughs> that just fucking sent it over it the edge weird. there. Yeah. My old stupid ass.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, that band Corroded, I think, is from Sweden, too.
2: See, there you I go. I think they're from Sweden. Full circle.
1: Don't quote me on that.
2: But it's I all a full
1: corrosive circle. <laughs> right. So, yeah, check out of Sweden. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Tell them that Thunder Underground sent you. Right? Yeah. All right, is there anything going on we should talk about? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. So then that means probably not. Probably
2: not. Or there probably is, and it works. Just fucking drawing a blank. Yeah, because we've both been at work all day and shit.
1: Right? There's like we say this every time. I should write something down when I know about it.
2: we're the most unprepared motherfuckers <laughs> in podcast land. No, normally you know we have a couple things, but then there's I always know. those times like what else?
1: So well, I didn't write that down. So
2: <laughs> oh well. Good old Blabbermouth or something. <laughs> you know
1: what I just thought of when you said that? Is that we should have uh, pulled up that quote from Pete Townsend talking about Keith Moon and asked Brian what he thought about that. I mean... Remember that shit from a week or two ago? Yeah, yeah he
2: <laughs> he bagged on Keith Moon and John, John Entwistle. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. But anyway to get into that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Since, you know, we don't really have any, like, news topics to talk about, let's talk so, about
2: Brian Tushy. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, okay, okay, let's... He, he's he got a great new project out called silverthorn And, you know, he, in this interview, he kept using that word organic. And I I like that. You know that. And, and, and I yeah. think that's a great way to describe this band. It's real, you know, organic, meat, potatoes, rock and roll. I love it. Yeah, it's melodic. It's dark. It's...
1: But it's just good kind of like somewhere between hard rock and metal.
2: And then on top of that, I mean he's played with everybody. I mean, uh, let's let, let's go. uh Foreigner, White Snake, Pride and Glory, Billy Idol, Ozzy, Ozzy, The Dead Daisies. Yeah. Um I know I'm forgetting some shit. Queensrÿche. Did anybody my cool? well, Jeff Tate's Queensrÿche. Oh, okay. Actually, I think- That's not early Queensryche, that's just Jeff Tate. Okay, fuck <laughs> him. No,
1: let me, let me say something. We made comments about that when it's happening, but I went to their show when I think it was still called Jeff Tate's Queensryche or something okay. like that before it was called Operation Mind I gotcha. When he played uh, the River Spirit. Yeah. And Brian was in that band at the time. Oh, nice. I mean, it was a fantastic band. You had Rudy Sarzo up there. Oh, yeah. And Brian Tishy. I'm trying to remember who else who was playing guitar. Um, I think Kelly Gregg, actually, but I don't know. But anyway, and then he was in Operation Mindcrime as well. Yeah. So that was really cool to see him because I thought, I couldn't remember if he was playing for Whitesnake the two times I saw him in the front row and I was thinking, no, I think by that point, Tommy Aldridge was already back.
2: Gotcha. And
1: then I looked it up and yeah, he had left Whitesnake a few months before that. But
2: anyway. Yeah, this guy's played with everybody.
1: Yeah, I want to point out that he played and co-wrote the album Devil's Playground by Billy Idol. Yes. And this album is one of Hard Rock's most underrated works of the past 20 years. It is
2: spectacular.
1: In my opinion. If someone said, make a list of the top 20 albums of the past 20 years, this probably would be on my list. That's how much I love this album. Yeah. And the fact that he co-wrote it and, you know, he did a Christmas album with Billy Idol where he did everything. Like, he played drums, he played guitar, he played bass, and the only thing Billy did was sing. Right. Yeah. So I Which mean, is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. So you know, you you got a great base there. So we had a great conversation and talked about a lot of stuff.
1: Slash the Snake Pit. Slash there, no, I
2: didn't say that. Okay. Nice one. There you go.
1: Yeah, and I fucking love Ooh. both those albums. But I know he. I think he was just toured. I don't know if okay. he ever played on an
2: album. But, okay, gotcha.
1: Um, he also played with Gilby Clark for quite a while. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Sash Jordan. See, list just keeps growing. Yeah. Do you want to just jump into it? Why not?
1: All right. <laughs> Why not? Here you go. Brian Tissue of Silverthorn. Thorn. Least a couple songs now with silver thorn you've got you guys have played your first show like how did this whole project come about
0: uh a few years ago uh the, the silver thorn singer slash guitar player peach shoulder he and uh myself got uh, involved in a project with uh, the the leo brothers from sdp robert and dean um they uh sdp didn't have a singer at the time and uh I had been uh, buddies with them for a while. We had recorded music together in hopes of getting a singer, total non-STP band. And uh, one through one person or another, Pete Schultz came uh, into their world, and they were blown away by him. and we all got together and pretty much made a record. Um, And somewhere down the road after that, the guys, uh, Robert and Dean, uh, found a singer for STP, Somebody that they were real happy with and they kinda had to make a decision. So the decision was to continue with S C P which puts us on the back burner. And uh, we uh, we totally understood, you know, of course we're bummed out but but uh, we understand, you know, with a band as big as S T P has a ton of fans and great success, you know if you have the opportunity to carry on with the new singers you might as well go for it, you know. So uh, a couple months after that Pete and I got together after after uh you know, being in a project with him and you know, uh, realizing not only he's a great singer, but a great lyricist, songwriter, guitar player, and, and, and more. I said, let's get together and write. And that's what we did, and that was all 2018. We got a deal this year with a Golden Robot record, and uh, bass player Daniel Spree came into the mix, and there you have it. Pretty much put her first single out at the end of the summer, and second one out last week or something like that. We should go, and, and we're moving.
2: And, you know, what we've heard so far is great and was wondering, you know, is the sound thought out or was that just kind of what organically came about when the three of y'all got together?
0: Yeah, I think uh, we we didn't talk too much about the sound. It was more like we just kind of could tell we were cut from the same cloth into the same things and wanted similar things in a band, which was also known and came into play when we were working with the Leo guys, you know, we all sort of cut from the same cloth and we wanted a big loud organic rock band and and we wanted to sound that way sound like you know old school records where the musicians are what makes up the sound not so much the producer and the studio uh technology and trickery you know
1: who's producing your guys ep is it you
0: <laughs> yeah well uh it was pete and i pretty much yeah we just uh just do it all ourselves I have a studio house and uh just get in there and write, record, do it all ourselves, and, and you know just try to have big ears and be smart about it, but you know really not trying to follow any current formulas it's more about listening to the old records that we love from the seventies and those those organic sounds and just trying to go down that road more or less and and i throw in some of the some of the bands from the nineties because you know, there was a lot of a lot of great sounds going on there where bands really sounded like bands.
1: Do you prefer self-producing or do you like also having the option of having someone else critique what you're doing?
0: Uh, I, I wouldn't mind a producer, you know, if you got together and met and you were all on the same path. You know, there's there's definitely nothing wrong with it. But uh, these days, if you can, you know, this is the do-it-yourself world. So if you can get it to a point where you're happy and excited about it and you have the, uh, the means and you have a studio and you have the gear... You know, there's a, there's a budget that comes along with a producer and that's, uh, that's a whole different thing. So, you know, so if you can take advantage of, you know, all my years working on my own stuff as an engineer and producer and, you know, you're working together on the same path, you know. I guess not everybody can do it. You know, not everybody has, like, sort of producer's ears and stuff. And somebody may say, well, I don't even like the way your band sounds. But, yeah, you might not like the way it sounds with a producer either, you know. so So as long as, you know... I think as long as we were happy with it and we'd A, B it against our favorite records and favorite bands, you know, and just see if we're in somewhat, somewhat of a similar ballpark.
2: Right on. Right. Well, well, you have the, your EP coming soon. Uh, do you guys have plans for a full album?
0: Yeah, we we started with an EP just because, uh, when we signed, signed with the label, uh, like spring and we, we have a full, full, uh, LP is worth of material but it was just in in this day and age you know that would have just been that much more work for us to get everything together by a certain time we had to get it together because I was I was gone in Japan all summer for like four months so we really only had from the beginning of May to you know kind of mix master do videos photos artwork get it all together you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with it even though it's just an EP you still got to do the same amount of work as far as the prep behind everything it's just if we did a full LP, we probably would have wanted to write more, more mixing, more mastering, you know, just a bigger, bigger picture of, of details going on. So we figured as much as we love LPs, it's, they're, not just, they're not as popular as they used to be, you know, and just people aren't buying, you know, bands for LPs as much as I wish they were, because that's what I grew up on, and we all probably did, but but yeah, uh, you yeah, for now. Five songs, we just figured, okay, here's a chunk of songs, let's figure out what the five best are, and uh that represent us best for now and and then we'll there's still some on the back burner and we're already writing new stuff so uh hopefully in lp you know, it'll be you know by the end of next year
1: well you mentioned writing with pete was uh daniel involved in the writing process too Did all three of you guys write together how do you guys do that
0: yeah that, daniel with pete and i did all the writing um in the beginning just because we we shook on we just got kind of to move forward with the idea of you know uh the, the the leo project didn't work out let's just get together and see what we can do you know we both can play bass guitar you know i'll do the drums i'll do the vocals we, you know we just did it we, we figured why not just go for it and see what we come up with and worry about everything else after If what we come up with is uh, exciting us if we think it's cool we'll move forward and uh yeah now you know anything we do from here on out daniel's definitely you know going to be a part of
1: that music that you and Pete recorded with Robert and Dean, is that something that might ever see the light of day?
0: Um, you know, I mean, I'd never say never. Uh, just if you look at the past couple of years and, and what it takes to, you know, if you're a band like Stone Temple Pilots, like, you know, as big as they are and it's successful. And, you, you know, when they came out, they announced a new singer, a new record, a new tour. And, yeah, uh, I, I think they've been doing that for a couple of years now. And then they, I think they announced another more of maybe an acoustic record or something come out. So, so they're kind of living the life of a, of, you know, a full-time rock band, you know, how long will that go? I have no idea. And, and if, uh, if they ever decide they want to take a break and we all try and align our schedules and make it happen, it's possible. But, uh, I, I hope, uh, I hope they can keep kicking ass doing what they're doing. Right. And I hope we're, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to keep getting busier and busier ourselves. So, that's my main concern right now, and uh, you know. But of course, down the road, if it comes out, that's cool. And if we get behind it in one way or another, that's cool. But I'm not. It's not something that's like uh, the top of my to do list, or I'm sure it's not the top of theirs. You know.
1: But is Silverthorne something you guys are going to like push as like a full time project in the coming year, and trying to tour with it and everything?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not a battle, you know. It's it's just. A, you know, nothing's easy about being a, a brand new band. Uh, no matter how good you may think you are or how, you know, how many people enjoy your music, you know, it's still the beginning stages and it takes and, you know, managers and agents and all that. It's just like there's a huge list of, you know, stuff you got to get together. And we don't expect miracles. We just expect to work hard, get in the trenches and do it together too. And uh the next thing is just start. You were working on a, a UK tour now for the beginning of the year and and uh you know, just talking to management and agents and all that
1: kinda of stuff. Well you recently had that house fire that took part of your studio. Did that end up affecting any of your guys' music or any of the anything recorded or anything significant in that way?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sitting outside that the house right now, loading gear into my buddy's truck and uh my car. We're, uh, yeah, there's a lot of smoke and heat damage, and I, and I can't say. It's one of those things where, like, if something turns on, that's cool. You might think it works, and then judging, you know, you got to figure out how much smoke and heat damage which was really extensive. How long is that hard drive going to last? How long are those microphones going to last? How long is that those computers and preamps going to last? You know, it, it, it's kind of, I've never dealt with this before. So, right now, it's, uh, it's a ton of cleaning involved. Uh, there's definitely stuff that's trashed, the place is uninhabitable, so I'm in the process of uh, getting everything out, getting it into a storage unit, cleaning it, and uh, finding a new place to set up, so yeah, it's, uh, it's but but right now, I think the thing is to get, you know, backing up everything onto uh, brand new hard drives. You know, as long as I can get that going, I think, uh, you know, I should be all right, and it's just a matter of how much gear actually turns on and continues to work, so I'm not sure yet.
1: Well, just a couple months ago, they re-released this 25th anniversary of Pride and Glory. Well, how do you look back on that all these years later?
0: That well, was cool. That was i uh, was like, wow, that was a long time ago. It doesn't feel like <laughs> that long, uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool. It was my yeah, you know, I had a blast in the band and fun time making the record and got to. Uh, it was my first time getting out of the country and touring Europe and can and and all that stuff and playing those you know i mean it was so yeah, there was a lot of great highlights you know we did made record up in seattle and it was 93 so you know that was all that all the grunge stuff which i, I absolutely loved was going on then so it was just a lot of fun to be um up there making record and uh beating people up there and then touring was great you know and playing with james and zach was a blast you know a great you know great buggies and you know great players so yeah it was a lot of fun man getting to play you know when the, when the label tells you yeah you're going to Europe and playing a bunch of clubs and stuff but you're also playing some festivals and one of them is Donington, and you're going to open up Donnington with uh, Pantera and uh, Aerosmith Extreme and you know all that stuff that was uh that was pretty awesome a lot, a lot of great stuff like that was happening.
2: With so many years uh, behind the drum kit um you know ha- have you had any ailments and you know what's the best uh what's the best way that you've kept in shape?
0: Um. Oh, so I don't know. It comes and goes in spurts. You know, P- playing drums is, you know, a nice form of, uh you know, it's a workout itself, especially when you're on tour and you're you're playing a, more of a aggressive style drumming. I guess that's already that's that's you know, there's something there. <laughs> was, I guess uh you don't think, as drummers we don't think about it. You know, you just kind of do it, but at yeah. the same time. Getting on stage and delivering a show, it doesn't matter if you're a drummer or a guitar player, you watch, you know, whether it's Pete Townsend or Ted Nugent, you know, do their thing or Eddie Van Halen. It's like there's a ton of energy going on. And, uh, you know, so there's the, just touring and performing is one thing. But I don't know, outside of that, I just, you know, I, I like, you know, sometimes I'll go on spurts where I'm running and uh, whenever I get a chance, a mountain bike and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it comes and goes. It depends on how busy you are and what your schedule's like. At least for me, I mean, some people are more religious about it and, uh, have a strict schedule, but yeah, I just try and, you know, I don't, I try not to let too much time go by without doing stuff, you know, but I, you know, even racquetball, man, I'll see, you know, I get this buddy, I play racquetball with And sometimes I haven't played him yet. I think we played once, but I'll, you know, walk in there and George Lynch is in there, go working out or whatever. And I think we played racquetball once, but he's got a messed up arm or something now. So, but I want to get him back out there and beat his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: uh, I think it was that metal show. You had the speed bag on the drum set. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it was fun, but <laughs> uh, it was really, it was, you know, I, yeah, I didn't really do the, do the speed bag as far as for a workout and all that stuff. It was more just like I loved the the sound and look of it and the controlled chaos of a speed bag and the technique behind it. <laughs> and I, I don't know, like ten years ago or so, I just started getting really into it. And uh, watching these other guys that are not my good friends on YouTube, like just, just doing this real serious advanced stuff. And I got into it. And I got into, you know, all that advanced technique, keeping, in, keeping it in time while playing, you know, punch drumming the music and stuff. And then Eddie Trunk called me, hey, you want to play some drums on that metal show? I was like, yeah. I just got this uh, speed bank company that wanted to uh, work with me. They saw some videos and they sent me, you know, so I told them, hey, I'm going on metal show thing. And they sent me this like 270-pound Scanned and uh because it's got to be really heavy to keep it secure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it was
0: great because you could like set it up right next to your right above your floor tom, and keep time with it. And you know, a couple days before the show, I just worked up a couple of beats to went court And you know, but yeah, it was cool to actually have it, you know, documented and you know, on you know, national TV or whatever. So, uh but yeah, I, I still do it. You know, I was in Japan with this band Bees. They're like the biggest rock band in Japan. I was in there all summer. And underneath the stage i uh, my wife sent out my speed bag stuff, and they the the, the b's crew every day would set it up under the, the underneath the stage in the arenas and i just go there in the middle of the afternoon just spend time bagging you know it's a you know it's a lot of a uh, yeah i i I absolutely love it it's just a matter of like anything you know how much time do I have to dedicate to it It depends on what I'm doing uh, with other stuff in my life definitely
1: <laughs> well you've uh, i mean you also played guitar and bass was drumming your first instrument your it was one of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. Drums were first, and then okay. playing guitar after.
1: So, like, was that something you just picked up as you, after you became a professional musician, or was it something you've been doing since you were young? I mean, guitar-wise.
0: Yeah, my my dad had an acoustic, acoustic guitar, so he showed me a couple chords and a Beatles riff when I was young. And then, uh, but I didn't, like, follow up immediately after. I just started playing drums. But then, you know, a couple years later, I got, you know, I was always, I was into guitars So somewhere, I don't know, started playing drums in third grade and then by like sixth grade, I was also high in the guitar and wanted to learn about it and started learning from friends and learning off of records and yeah, you know, started putting time in the guitar as well.
1: Well, you, I, I saw you had that, uh, breaking down Bonham videos on your website where you go in, where you go kind of deep into a style and teach people how to do it. Like, how do you, Yeah. like, how do you incorporate... Like Bonham style or other drummer style into your playing, but also keep your own style as well.
0: Well, I think that's what we all do. We all grew up on our influences, and uh, I don't know if they ever leave you. They're just part of you, and then hopefully you have enough of uh, your own thing where you don't only sound like something else. You know, I mean, I I, as much as I love Bonham, I also love Neil Peart, and I love uh, Clyde Stubblefield. For those who don't know, he's James Brown's drummer, and uh, you put those three together or David Garibaldi or something like that, or Steve Gadd, you know, none of those three don't really have much to do with each other, you know, as far as drummers, except for the fact that they're all killer drummers. But, you know, if if, if you play a bottom set and you have a big bass drum and it sounds wide and open, people go, oh, he's like a bottom thing. Or if you do big triplets, it oh, it's bottom. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, but there's, you know, like he's not the only drummer I ever listened to. I've listened to tons of drummers, but he just happens to be my favorite and probably most rock drummers' favorite. So I, but yeah, on my website, I haven't even announced it yet. It took my web guy so, uh, oh God, it, it took so long to get the PayPal thing hooked up and like whatever, and to, you know, whatever he had to do behind the scenes. But it was earlier in the spring, I put a bunch of videos together and finally he got it together in the fall and, uh, breaking down Bonzo, it's just a breaking down Bonham. It's, 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 yeah, it's pretty intense. It's like, I, I, I thought it'd be pretty easy to do and and when i the more i got into it the more i really wanted to capture the so- sounds that were close to the songs i was uh digging into and uh you know then i'm doing it all myself and it's a new thing so you gotta like you know update your computer and you know edit the videos and blah 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 you know so it, but the more you get into it the more you're like okay i gotta see this through and i want to make it as, as good as i can but there's one song up now i just started with rock and roll and uh it's it's you know i'm i'm I haven't, like I said, I haven't announced it yet. So there's like a few people signed up, and uh, and that's cool, but I haven't made it a thing yet. I've just been maybe a little lazy and some other stuff going on. But, uh, you know, there's there's one song on now. Yeah, it's like the whole playing along to the song with the audio, you know, with the song audio, playing without the song audio, so you just hear my drum track, and then like an hour, it lasts But it's not just like, oh, here's the cool parts of the song, or this is how you play the intro or the outro. It's the whole thing of like, 'Cause when I teach, the people wanna learn this or that and I go, That that's cool, but there's so many things that will get you better to get to where you wanna go. You can't just go there and just jump into it and go, Great, I'm there. There's like a whole mess of stuff you gotta get to go through to get where you wanna go. And that's kind of what I dig into. It's it's like it's not just like this is how you play the beat. It's more like this is what you gotta do to learn how to play the techniques behind those beats to get them to sound a certain way and be comfortable with all everything going on in the song, you know, it's, 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 so I've never seen anybody do it. You know, it's always like, Oh, this is how you play this bottom lick or that thing, or this is how you play, you know, it's like a quick little breakdown of the the meat and potatoes of it, but to actually dig into here is what's going on. And these these are uh, 10 things you have to think about outside of just the cool little parts. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just felt like, you know, you know, going for it a little bit and, and, uh, seeing if people dig it, but also, you know, really trying to be helpful because there's so, you know, just because I'm such a big fan and there's so much talk about Bonham that I was like, who's, nobody's ever really sat there and, you know, broken it down piece by piece. You know, it's, it's, it's always kind of glazed over or just going to the big, exciting, fun stuff, you know, and there's, there's so many intricate things happening that I wanted to, you know, put more attention toward, toward that, you know, cause it's really just, it's not just about it's, it's like getting to be a better, better drummer through, Listening to John Bonham, you know what I mean, and through everything going on, not just the big part that everybody talks about, you know, it's like there's a lot of stuff going on that I think ultimately makes you a better drummer all around.
1: I imagine digging into that like takes a quite a bit of time. So, like when you're going into other songs, are you like, do you have an idea of how many of these you're trying to do, like once a month, or just whenever you get the chance?
0: Oh well, yeah, it, it took longer than I thought, and so I have like four of them finished and, okay you know I'll put, I'll put up one now you know I, I mean there's one up now and then after i announce it i'll put up another one you know maybe a couple of weeks, few weeks later then another one next month next month and and see what the feedback's like and if people are digging it and want more you know then i'll just, you know do another one you know i'll take it take it as it comes but initially i think i wanted to have like 10 ready and and after i put the time in because it wasn't just about learning the song and explaining it it was also about the engineer side of setting up the mics and tuning the drums and getting like i i bugged out a little too hard but in, in the end i don't think it's a bad thing but i start thinking okay i really want to get my drums sounded close to his and this recording and what you're trying to do is you're putting me in 2019 a i'm not john Bonham. b i don't have the gear c you know i don't have the it's just a whole. you know i'm trying to get as close as i can it's like a sound alike thing but I didn't really uh, want it. I didn't envision putting that time into that side of it until I got it going. I was like, Oh man! I just started going. It would be really cool if I had the, if the drums sounded closer to the actual recording because that's even that's a whole other side of of uh, you know something that I'm into doing and stuff. You know, engineering drums and all that. So so that that, that added into you know it, that that took up a lot of time.
1: Being someone that's played tons of these songs with the Moby Dicks or the Bonzo Bash, like what's the hardest? Led Zeppelin song to play on drums.
0: Oh, know <laughs> oh, that's kind of a <laughs> funny question. What's the hardest one to play? I, I I mean it depends on the drummer, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. So maybe that might for you yeah. for somebody. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. Uh what's the hardest one? Down by the seaside. You got I, I have you do, do you know it? You oh, know yeah, the song? Yeah. I'm not okay. a drummer but it, yeah, it, I know the song. <laughs> okay, yeah. Even though it's a nice mellow little shuffly song, it's, there the was the song when I used to play the physical graffiti that was the hardest that was my test can I lay back and play that shuffle and uh with these little accents in the in the you know sections with the accents you know that was always a test because it's so laid back and so um mellow you know that it was a whole whole different style and uh so I put that up there as one of the most difficult uh just to make it feel good and then the uh, another one is like the it's full in the rain as far as pool the rain just a little bit of the technique and the swing behind it not hitting too hard the b section b section of pull the rain there's some stuff going on there that i've seen explained incorrectly and if you really listen to what's going on it's it's it's, it's just badass stuff it's, it's it's definitely you know not your not your average rock drummer stuff at all it's definitely four-way independence and coordination and uh more of a more of a, a funk r&b kind of drummer thing you know than uh than a you know, what everybody thinks of John Bonham is a uh, uh, heavy-handed basher.
1: Is John Bonham the, the guy that made you want to play drums, or did he become your favorite drummer after you were already playing?
0: Yeah, no, nobody made me want to play drums. I just thought they were the coolest thing on the planet. I just thought drums were the coolest. They sounded the coolest. They looked the coolest, so that was it. But the first drummer that I got into, that was my, you know, first drum hero, would be Peter Criss, because I got on got the Kiss first, you know? Bomb came soon after. I did like Joey Kramer and you know, a whole bunch of other drummers, Alex Van Halen, Neil, Pe- Neil Peart, and all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, Peter Chris was the first for sure.
1: Right on. Cool, man. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to
0: us. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man.
1: There you go, Brian Titchy of Silverthorne. A huge thank you to Jody of Best Bet Promotions for this and for for continued support of this podcast. We've worked with her quite a bit. In the past year or two. And, of course, a huge thank you to Brian for taking some time out there. As you heard, he was in the process of going through a studio that had that fire in like a few weeks ago. And
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, so a
2: huge thank you to him for
1: taking some time out to talk to us. Long-time fan of this guy. He's just one of those guys, like I mentioned Tommy Aldridge earlier, that's just amazing to watch. Even if you're not a drummer and you don't know what the hell's going on, it's just like <laughs> he commands your attention when he's playing the drums. Definitely. So, very cool to be able to to get him on here, and like we said, Silverthorne has two songs out that you need to check out. They've got this EP coming here in 2020, and as he said, you know, a full album later in the year, hopefully. So, really looking forward to that, and really glad we got the chance to talk to him. Of course. I've said that a lot this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now. I think we say, of course, a lot. Probably. It's one of those things like, you know, and huh, whatever. You know? <laughs> Something we should mention is that if you're in the Tulsa area or the Oklahoma City area this weekend, Death Angels come in Oklahoma. Holy fuck. This Friday night, they're playing Oklahoma City. They're originally playing Enid, but they moved it probably yeah. because it would make more sense for it to be in Oklahoma City. That's right. <laughs> so it's at 89th Street. This tour also features Ex Mortis and Hellfire. Yes. Which are both great. Hellfire especially. Yeah, Hellfire great.
2: kicks fucking ass.
1: Yes. And... The Oklahoma City show will feature Archon, and I don't have the list in front of me. I can't remember who else is on that specific show, but the Tulsa show, that's at the 89th Street, if I didn't mention that, and then Tulsa shows at the Venue Shrine, which along with Ex Mortis and Hellfire, it also features Bases Loaded,
2: Severmind. There's so many bands on this building. I know.
1: Isn't there another?
2: Yeah. I think there's a... I should know. I know. I think... We should know, but... Is it Archon? I think Archon is on. I think Archon's on that one. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, sense. I'm gonna look it up. I mean, yeah, because I gonna... remember that
1: saying that before and saying that's yeah, fucking great because we
2: love Archon. I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah, that is this Saturday. Yeah, Archon. Bases Loaded. Severmind. Chaotic Front. Oh, so there's another band. Chaotic yes. Front. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it all starts at 11 a.m. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. It's called Death Angel Fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And speaking of, Death Angel was recently nominated for a Grammy. Look, like, yeah. I mean, the Grammys are a fucking shit show. Yeah. But,
2: you know, but hey, I, you I know, will say the last,
1: out. yeah, the last, we've talked about this the last couple of years when stuff got announced. The last two or three years, the Grammys have done a bit better at their nominees. Yes. At least they've, it's still not the shit I would nominate, I would, oh, I'd nominate Death Angel. But I meant of like, course. they've done a good job of picking four or five bands that kind of
2: across all the different genres. Yeah. Like this year, I know Tool was in it and I Prevail. Yeah. Else. Well, and there, so, and there was like, you know, there's a one year, a couple of years ago where they found some way to, to fit Beyonce into some rock category. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking dipshits. Right. They're test tube babies over there. So yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, but you I'm know. just, well, I'm just glad they're but at no, I know, putting, I know, right. they've got someone putting an effort because for years it was like the nominees would be like yeah. Black Sabbath War Pigs live from Southampton,
2: Ireland, in fucking 2009. You know, it's exactly. like. Exactly. Okay. Or Metallica Better Than You. That was never even a single. What <laughs> right. the fuck? Right. That was a, a song they've never even played live. Yeah. Or whatever the shit it was. I and mean, it's like, they, they're clueless. <laughs> but anyway, so congrats to Death Angel. You know, yes. Hope, hopefully they won it, but we
1: know that they've been on they this won. podcast. They have, yeah. Ted, the guitarist, has been on this podcast. So check that one out. So yeah, and of course, if this is your first time listening and you don't know who else has been on this podcast, we've had tons of people that have ranged from recently, we had on Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative, which is a big one for both of us. That's right. We love that band. We also love Life of Agony. We had on Alan Robert recently. We love Guns N' Roses, or at least I do. We had on Dizzy Reed. Fucking Reed. So that was really cool. Um, We also had on Vivian Campbell. Def Leopard and Last in Line. Who else have we had on this thing? Uh, we had Don Jameson.
2: Uh, Neil Fallon from Clutch. Hell yeah. Um, Mike D from Killswitch Engage. Right? That was badass. I mean, it, the list goes on and on.
1: Yeah, we've had on Thrash Metal Guys. We've had on Glam Metal Guys. We've had on heavy-ass stuff like Black Dahlia Murder, Trevor. And then we've had on Shooter Jennings. I mean, we do what we want. Yeah, Vanilla Ice. So it kind of crosses the (laughs) board. Vanilla Ice hasn't showed up yet, but that will be in the next week or so. So, Okay, okay. All this is at soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. You can also listen on iTunes, Google Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Mixcloud. You can also listen on our website, thethunderunderground.com. And everything is on the website there as far as social media links. Follow us on Facebook follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram and go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel at the thunder underground. There's a lot of videos of us reviewing albums, songs, concerts, all that kind of stuff. So get on there and check that out as well.
2: All right. I think that covers it. We we did it. Another one in the books.
1: Definitely. Huge. Thank you again to Brian Tishy. Thank you to MedFarm and DEB Concerts, and until next time. Thunder
0: Underground, y'all.